Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So sometimes the first day of meditation retreat can be uh, smooth sailing, and sometimes it can be like going through an obstacle course of some kind. There's been some popularity of obstacle course uh, challenges in American culture more recently, and there's some TV shows where they show people trying to make their way across different obstacles to the final buzzer. And I admit I got hooked into watching some of these, which uh, requires like a lot of uh, the the participants in this requires a lot of athletic strength or flexibility or some people are rock climbers uh, some people are gymnasts <coughs> so they have to do things like uh, you know bounce from platform to platform over some deep water or then swing from uh, kind of a trapeze thing to another trapeze thing or carry their weight using just their fingertips across a variety of obstacles and if you uh, fail on one of these obstacles, then usually you fall into the water, the big splash, and then they have some commentators describing like what's happening. You know, like, oh, they almost made it. The last fingertip they missed. They put too much weight on the back foot or something like this. So, so in your uh, meditation practice, um, sometimes it can feel a little bit like this too, like there are different obstacles you come upon. And there's some very similar ones that we come upon as meditators. In fact, there are actually such a common list of them that it's been the same list for 2,600 years of the top obstacles for meditators. So uh, I take a little poll with hands to see how many of them have come up for you. So how many people have had any physical discomfort or pain since you have begun? So you can also look around a little in case you don't know that you're the, the only one. Okay, good. Uh, how many people have felt sleepy at some point? Oh, yep, also a common one. Has anyone felt restless, either the mind or the body, like mind moving all over, the body, you want to jump out of your skin? Okay, yeah. Uh, how many people have found themselves wanting something else to be happening than what's happening? Like thought of something better they could be doing or having or experience, yeah. The last one, and this one can be the trickiest one to catch sometimes, but how many people have any doubt? Like, what am I doing here? Can I really do this? Why did I show up? Do these people really know what they're talking about? And the teachers, <laughs> why am I walking back and forth repeatedly? Yeah, okay. Um, so that's the, the top five list of the challenges to meditators. And in some ways I think about them, these different energies of the mind and body, um, kind of like uh, obstacles that we learn to navigate you know, as you gain facility in the practice. So mindfulness can meet any experience. I think we've said that before and we'll keep repeating it. Your practice of presence can meet any experience. So you, oftentimes people have this idea that my meditation will be good when everything is very calm and very quiet, when there's no thoughts, 
when my body is perfectly f- full of light and bliss and no pain. Uh, that will be good meditation. And anything else involving sleepiness or itches or uh, wanting something else or wondering what I'm doing here is all bad meditation. I'm doing it badly, it's a failure, and then it spirals on down. Right? So I'd, I'd like to suggest that this does not have to be the way to look at it, that it's possible to look at each of these as in some ways a different uh, aspect of the obstacle course of learning how to work with your own mind and heart. And every single thing that I've described here is actually something that comes up in your mind and in your body at different times outside of this retreat also. So outside of this retreat, you get sleepy, you get restless. Outside of this retreat, you want something else to happen that's happening. Uh, Outside of this retreat, you have body pain or there's some experience that you don't want there. And probably outside this retreat also, there's moments of doubt, of wondering what you're doing or confusion. So in each of these experiences, oftentimes we are in some ways duped by these temporary states of mind. So all of these are different energies of mind and body that are there for some short period Even when they're there, they're varying and wobbling. But in that moment, we forget that. We totally believe that this is who I am. I am this thought. I am this energy of the body. We get entranced by that in some way. And so then we basically sort of fall off our obstacle course into the water splash. So I want to give you a few suggestions on how to meet some of these uh, challenges that might come up. And we each have to kind of find our own way, as did each each of these athletes in these obstacle course things. But sometimes it can help to have some suggestions of ways to work with them. So the first one, of course, is to try to look at that as um, something interesting to work with and something that can be met with mindfulness rather than something that you want to have go away that's a problem or a mistake. Also, it helps to just recognize what's happening. And sometimes this is the hardest part of this whole journey, is to just recognize like, oh, oh, what's happening is sleepiness. Like, oh, this is doubt. After you've been roiling in these thoughts over and over again about how you should have picked this other retreat, or you should have gone to that picnic after all, or, you know, whatever. Like, oh, this is doubt. This is a thought pattern of doubt. Like, oh, this is a restlessness of the body. That's what this is. Like, oh, let's see, can I meet this with awareness? So in the meeting experience with awareness, this means bringing a curiosity and interest. Like, what is this really like? And usually we kind of skate the surface of these things and we kind of bounce off them into the spinning out mind. So this approach with uh, practice, with mindfulness, with curiosity, even if it's possible to say with some amount of love or kindness, is to be really curious and interested, like, what is this like? Like, what is this actually like? Not my idea of what it's like, not what it was like yesterday or even one minute ago, but what is this actually like now? And what is this experience? And then as Pascal was saying, to know that through our own direct awareness. So direct experiential knowledge, not because of what we've heard or what we thought about, but in some ways it's like sticking your hand into a glass of water to know, is it cold or is it hot? 
is the water wet? So once you've done that, and if someone else tells you like, oh, that water's not wet, you know yourself, it's wet, right? Or you know yourself what the temperature is, it's hot, it's cold. So it doesn't matter if someone tells you it's the opposite, you know from your own experience what it is. So with uh, sleepiness, for example, this is a very common one, and particularly a common one in beginning of retreats and also in why this very period right after lunch, <laughs> which oftentimes maybe you're uh, feeling a little full, it's getting a little warmer. So first thing is to recognize that you're feeling sleepy. And maybe this only happens after a few bouts of nodding off like this. Like, okay, sleepiness is here. In Pali, there's a word called uh, tinamita, or the translation of it in English, the, the old English was like sloth and torpor for this state of mind. So it's like feeling like a real sluggishness of the mind and the body. So you can be curious about what is this actually like? bring curiosity and awareness to this experience. How does it feel in the body? How does it feel in the mind? What does it feel like in the toes, if the toes are sleepy? How does the sleepiness come over me? Does it fall like a curtain? Does it just suddenly show up? Does it spread from the middle of the belly? So with everything also, there's patterns of movement. So get curious. Is it getting larger? Is it getting stronger? Is it getting less? So it's possible with awareness to be interested in this. Also specific practical helpful tips. uh, You could open your eyes. So usually we practice with the eyes closed to help with collectedness, but it's possible to open your eyes, and in fact, even to stand up in your place. So usually we practice seated, but if you find yourself really falling asleep, you try opening your eyes, still sleepy, you can decide to mindfully stand up. And then you can just practice from that position. So you decide this, you move slowly, feeling what it feels like as you're standing. And then you just stand and feel the body, feel the breath. And you could do that for the whole rest of the period if you like. Or if you like, after a while, if you get tired of standing but you think you're awake enough, then you can sit back down. So how to deal with uh, restlessness. If there is a sense of restlessness come up, first of all, to try to recognize, oh, this is restlessness. This is what it feels like to have the opposite of sloth and torpor to have so much energy going on. You know, physically, it feels like the body is like a popcorn popper, or it feels like the mind is like a beehive activity, different thoughts zooming this way and that. So with this one, instead of trying to clamp down on it, in order to bring awareness to this experience, you could practice trying to expand out your awareness, in some ways to make it very large to hold this experience. You can imagine like your awareness is as large as this whole room is. And within that, allow the body to be as it is. Allow the mind to be as it is. So in some ways, without trying to follow each individual 
pop of popcorn, just hold the whole popcorn popper. Feel the energy of that. And in each of these you can recognize this energy as it's moving, it's not me, it's not mine, it's just an energy movement. It's changing all the time. Sometimes with these then there's thoughts, so the restlessness could be a feeling in the body and then the thoughts in the mind might be like, uh, I gotta get out of here, ring the bell, you know, fast. When is this over? How could this be going on for so long? The teacher must have fallen asleep. So just notice, okay, these are thoughts, thoughts coming and going. These are also just like popcorn coming and going, or bees buzzing through. You don't have to believe them. So you could just recognize them as thoughts for what they are. Physical pain with the body. So I know Pascal gave some instruction about posture. And it's helpful to have a good posture. But also, the bad news is that the physical body is never going to be perfectly happy. So in case you feel like you're looking for the perfect posture where there will be no pain, uh, it's very difficult to find that. Any posture that you sit in for long enough, eventually the body might start to complain in some way. But this also is part of our practice, to recognize this nature of the body. It doesn't have to feel like it's a problem. So we bring awareness to investigate physical pain as it comes up. So let's say you're sitting here and you start to feel some pain in your knee, for example. And what the direct physical sensation is, if you're being with the body, is like boing. So it's just a twinge, maybe. Maybe it's a heat or a tingling starting to happen. So then in the mind comes a thought like, oh no, my knee hurts. But we don't see that as a thought. So then we start going down that hole like, oh, I better move, but I get the feeling I'm not supposed to move, so I should stay still, but it's gonna start hurting more. If it starts hurting more, then maybe I'll get an injury. Get an injury, I'll have to be on crutches. It seems like a bad place to be on crutches, right? So you can see how the mind, if we follow those thought patterns, will take us to all kinds of places. So with mindfulness, it's possible to notice that movement, that twinge, that temperature change in the knee, just as it is. And then it's possible, but challenging, to notice the thought, even the first thought about it, like my knee hurts, as just a thought is actually different than the experience in the body. So the commentary in the mind is one thing, and then the experience of the body is connected, but not the exact same thing. And oftentimes the story in the mind about something is much worse than the direct experiences in this moment. So this is a very powerful and freeing part of practice, is to learn to meet the experience in the body just as it is. So not to get swept up in the hysteria that comes through the mind. So you can bring your attention to something that feels a little bit more neutral, like maybe feeling a breath, in-breath, out-breath. And then shift to feeling the experience of the pain again, a little bit. Twinge, right? Okay, back to the breath, in-breath, out-breath, twinge. 
So in this way, it's possible to actually bring awareness to an experience of physical pain with some balance of mind, without the habitual reactivity that would make it immediately move. Now, eventually it may get so strong that you feel like, okay, I'm doing this, but I'm kind of gritting my teeth and doing it. So then, okay, it's possible to move. You just do that mindfully. So notice that you want to move. Try to move with some awareness. So feel what it feels like as you're moving. Feels what it feels like in the new position. And then continue to be with the practice. So continue on. So in this way, kind of fold that in. This obstacle of physical pain will come up again and again. So if you feel like you blew it this time, don't worry, there will be another time. If you feel like you fell off and splashed into the deep water. Right? So each time you kind of fall off, that's okay. That's like you can recognize, okay, what happened? So these uh, athletes in this obstacle course show, usually at the end they interview them and they say, like, yeah, I should have used the left hand there instead of the right or... Uh, I should have swung more the first time or something. So, yeah, if it, it helps you, like, oh, yeah, I missed that thought that was telling me I had to move. And I believe that, okay, right, next time. So, yeah, a few tips for you and how to play with these things. Similar, actually, with doubt. Doubt can sometimes be the hardest one to notice or to recognize, but... Uh, this doesn't mean that you have to believe every single thing, but really that whatever we're expressing here can be explored through the practice. <coughs> so the time that you spend in doubt thinking, I don't know if this works, or I don't know if this, I can do this, you actually could find out the answers to those questions if you actually tried it, if you actually did it. So if you can recognize like, okay, this is doubt. Okay, doubt. I'll find the answers to these questions by actually engaging in this, to doing this practice, and then I'll find out. Right? I'll set you aside for the moment. Not totally dismiss, but set you aside. So this are some little tips for our practice. And um, let me just make it okay for you to feel like you can stand up in the hall. If anyone would like to join me in the beginning of this period, we could uh, try beginning standing up. Yeah. And then you could sit down as you feel like you would like to. So if you want to do that, you could shift now from sitting to standing. If standing is hard for you, you can stay seated, certainly. And some people like to stand on the floor, some people like to stand on the mat. Wherever it feels like you can feel pretty steady and if you feel like you can close your eyes, you can do that. But if you feel like it's too wobbly and you want to keep your gaze downwards, you can do like that too. So you can just feel the body standing here. You can feel the weight on your feet. You can feel the muscles in the legs. You can feel the body breathing.
And take a resolve that for this period we want to practice being as present as we can with the body, with the mind. You can keep the attention grounded in whatever is helpful for us. If it's helpful to use the body as a place to rest, you can do that. We can notice how present we might be if our attention is divided in some way. Just trying to be wholeheartedly present through a direct, intimate connection with this body, this breathing body.
So if you like to keep standing, you can. If you feel like it's enough, you feel like sitting down, you should also feel free. And as you go back to sitting postures, try to do that feeling how it feels in the body as you're refolding yourself up.
So recognizing how things are and experience now. Is there some obstacle or challenge present? Is it possible to meet this with curiosity, with awareness?
So if you found yourself fallen into the swamp of sleepiness or restlessness or any of them, that's okay. You can recognize that and in some ways be curious, like, oh, next time, yeah, maybe I could try it this way. Try to meet it and label it a little sooner and know what's happening. See this as just some of the moving energies that come through, just like uh, weather patterns, not you, not yours. They're not permanent. So a period for walking practice now. And in the walking, you could also do a little bit like uh, what I was describing with the sitting uh, at one point. Just to inquire, like, how present am I in this? And take a resolve to be as wholeheartedly present in the body as you're walking as possible. So what's it like to be fully alive in this moment? And then it could be something that you need to to renew. You know, like maybe you'll take that resolve to be fully present and then there's a brightness and you'll do that for one time, two time, three times and then starts to fade out. Sometimes there's the part of the mind that's like, oh, I already know what this is going to be like. I know what this is going to feel like. I don't really need to pay attention. This kind of uh, know-it-all mind is the uh, opposite of what we try to cultivate here. The mind of curiosity and freshness and interest is what we want to cultivate. So it could be to renew that. You know, you might find at one point you ask this question, like, oh, how, how present am I? And it's like, eh, I'm really only 50% present. You know, half of me is uh, working on some problem that I have and half of me is going through the motions of walking. So it's like, all right, what if I put that aside, that problem for now? And could I, even if I wanted to, practice being fully present in the body as I'm walking? So you can try that. And then maybe if you're going a little bit more slowly, it could even be like, can I take this one step wholeheartedly? Or even can I lift my foot with full presence? Can I move with full presence? Can I place it on the ground and really know what that's like? So the the answer to this is in our practice. The answer to how present am I or can I be wholehearted? And the answer is not by bearing down or straining getting stressed about it by in some way by sinking in fully so by allowing our energy to gather and it's just very powerful to learn how to do this but each time you know that you find yourself lost in daydream or uh, distracted by something it's okay you know that's fine just notice that and then we can always begin again can happen hundreds of times in one period even thousands of times And this is why it's called the practice. So I hope you enjoy your obstacle course. Uh, Even sometimes the falling in the water can be fun too. So let it be like that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.